what's up y'all welcome back to i said what i said <laughs> with hamoni nima and um i actually have a special guest speaker for episode three of season two it is my mother debbie everyone say hi debbie hi, hi. Debbie. hi. i'm so glad to have you hi everybody <laughs> and we actually are miss vika will not be joining us today we miss her already right guys yes, we do. Her. what do you guys really <gasps> think of her though I'm just <laughs> <laughs> while we're at it <laughs> so uh for this week's episode with what everything that's kind of going on in, in the world um if you haven't heard about it kind of know where you've been because it's everywhere the coronavirus and specifically us that are here in utah uh, experienced a little earthquake this past week and we kind of with everything that's just been going on we wanted to do an episode on emergency preparedness so um, we have my mom here because if I ever knew someone that was so prepared for something it was my mom she's always been prepared so thanks um, she my whole life She's been preparing. So we decided to have her share some of her knowledge for some of us younger folk. And we have some questions that we compiled that we'll just have conversation and, and kind of hope that anything that we bring up or talk about can be beneficial to anyone listening. So just go ahead and get started. The first question would be, what important lessons have you learned over the years when it comes to natural disaster slash uh, epidemic pr- preparation as a parent and uh, individual? Um, I think what I've noticed growing up um, and then actually having kids, it's uh, it was more important, became more important when I realized that when things happen, now it's not only just me that I need to look after or take care of, but I'm responsible for, you know, three other souls, whether they have something to eat or are they thirsty and I haven't prepared any water, anything like that. So that, uh, it took on a new level for me when I had kids to realize, wow, it's just, it's just more than me. Um, but, but some things I noticed, um, if you guys watch the world and the things that happen, but it also here in the United States. So a big thing for me was um, the big flood that happened in New Orleans and they brought FEMA in and um, we just saw what a big mess that turned out to be. And so a lot of times we think that the government is going to take care of us. And in actual reality, they don't have enough supplies and food and and stuff to, to take care of us. And a disaster, not only, I mean, it can go on for years, all those people who lost their houses and stuff from flooding. Right. Some people still haven't even recovered from it. And it, it's good to watch when disasters happen to see that we really can't rely on our government to like take care of us. We've got to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and help our neighbors. That's true. All right. I, I noticed that um, as well, um, living in Florida and going through a lot of, um, you know, the devastating hurricanes, um, just seeing a, a, 
a bunch of blue tarps just all over everybody's roofs. You can you can literally see um, the damages and the weight that people go through trying to get um, you know money from insurance. People relying on the state. People relying on FEMA for aid and assistance. And um, there's only so much that you can do. Um, and there's not a lot that you can do on your own when it comes to damages like that. Um, but yeah, just preparing as much as you can. That's, um, that, that's definitely a, a good take on it and a, a very important lesson that, like, that you brought up. Yeah, because uh, the uh, thing is, is like, you know, if you, the more prepared you are to take care of yourself and your family, then you're able to be more productive, whether your roof got blown off or your neighbors, you can help, you know, because now you're not so stressed on, oh my gosh, we don't have any water. We don't have any food. You know, where am I going to go get some? And, oh, we went and stood in this line for six hours and they only gave us two bottles of water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're prepared, you're always going to be able to help yourself and others more that, you know, people who are struggling. So it's a good thing. And if you guys notice, there's more and more things that are, they're, they're becoming stronger and more often as well. More hurricanes and they're, like yeah so. yeah we're globally changing especially when it comes to just global warming in general and the effect that it's having on our, our weather and it's responsible for a lot of different things happening yeah it's also, definitely changing I, yeah that being said i also think media and news outlets they're also having a stronger effect on people because now people are going crazy instead of like thinking logically it's becoming more panic panic buying what everybody's doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah even with the natural disasters being getting stronger but i feel like people are more of the natural disaster than the actual natural disaster (laughs) (laughs) no it's so true because you know why um that is what drives money like the bigger and scarier they can make the story is, you know, what brings all the views. In. And so that makes them money. So yeah, they, they're always making it seem so scary, but I mean, you, you have to be smart because it is scary. There are some scary stuff, but here's the thing. If you're prepared, that takes that fear away. Very and, true. So that's a, a, really good it's like an insurance policy right so you insure your car for when you get in a wreck and you get medical insurance for when you get the flu and you get sick well if you think of it preparedness is is like an insurance to help you get through whatever the disaster is right that's a great point right very true that kind of uh, goes into our next question um, I wanted to ask you, Debbie, do you think our generation takes these protocols seriously? Um, I I kind of feel like some do, but most don't. And I feel like it's because they, they feel um, invincible. It's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it does happen to me, then, you know, I'll get over it. I'll be fine. Um, or the other thing, so there's a big thing out there. It's called normalcy bias, 
where a lot of people in all generations um, are stuck in this, which me, what it, what it is, it's a condition of your mind where you, when it's too overwhelming, your, your body does this on purpose. So it does it. So you mm -hmm. don't, like go crazy, but mm -hmm. you just say, Oh, that will never happen here. Oh, this is America. That could never happen. Our economy could never collapse. Our, you know, we'll never have that happen here. Our right. government would never do right. that because you just couldn't think. And I used to have this a long time ago. Um, you, but you just think, how could that even happen? And it's so like unbelievable that you're just like, you live in this world, like that can't happen. And, and so right. sometimes there's things that as you're going along in life that happens, that kind of snaps you out of it. Like, oh crap, I never thought we would get cancer and die or like whatever, whatever the situation is where it kind of snaps you out of that feeling like you're invincible. Right. So I think until you actually go through some things, um, the younger generation does kind of feel like they're, they're invincible. Yeah. No, that that's very true. And I think it's, I think it's also a part of our, the culture of our generation, because if you think about it, like a lot of us throughout the past decade, we're just screaming YOLO. You only live once right, and taking yeah. that point literally, you know, yeah. or we use phrases <laughs> but, like, Oh, it couldn't yeah. be me next right. minute. You know, you never know what could happen. So yeah, no, I, I think that's, um, that that's a that's a big part of our generation as well. Mm -hmm. You know, also um, speaking of like our generation, we pretty much so generations before us, they were still discovering things, and like our generation, we pretty much like got what they've been trying to create, and like like you know, and technology grew more so everything became more convenient for us and like um, medicine and like uh, cures for certain types of diseases. Like they've all been developed during our time. So uh, before our time, so the people before us, they were, they didn't have it. Um, they had it worse than I would say we have it. And mm -hmm. we've been living a pretty cushy life. But like mm -hmm. even the people like the generations after us, they're going to be even more. Yes. Um, which is mm -hmm. why I think they're a lot more careless because they're like, oh, it's OK. I'll just go to the hospital because everything's like fixed. Everything's <laughs> this is the 21st. Century. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Or like everybody that's still on spring break in Miami. I don't know if you guys saw that. Clip. Oh, my God. That's gone yeah. viral. Can I just Literally. say none of those people are Floridians? They yes, they're all tourists. <laughs> has never people, like you don't people know them. Floridians are stupid. Uh, sorry, it's not us. We don't it's go so to those public beaches. We go to our local. <laughs> I'm not going to name them because I don't want y'all to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Only the locals know where to go. But yeah, no, right. that, that's so true. I do want to make one more comment about that though. Cause I was thinking about that earlier. Um, you know, it's not like I, I don't want to have to say bad things about the, the other generations, younger generations. Cause I think we all have something to learn from each other. And I think when it all comes down to it and, you know, the crap hits the fan, you know, there's things that the older generation can learn from the younger generation and vice versa. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, they're gonna be dead. No, but um, <laughs> no, we have a lot to learn from each other, and then and uh, we can, you know, we could just make things so much better, you know, if we can pull together as a, as one team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So, what what advice would you give to like young adults who are navigating? food storage first aid safety uh especially ones that are for the first time um but i mean i feel like since you know we're we're just taking this topic as if people aren't really that prepared so Uh what advice would you give to like younger generation okay so this is what i'm gonna say you guys there's always like a good and a better and a best so if you're just starting out it can become very overwhelming to think that you have to have the top of everything and that you have to have all of the knowledge. When I, I've been, so I'm 54 and my whole life I've been learning about stuff. So there's no way I could learn everything in six months or a year. And I used to think I had to know everything and there's a lot of different aspects of, of preparedness. So it's not just food or water, you know, there's so much more. And I would sometimes overwhelm myself trying to learn it all, but (laughs) found an easier way. And that is you guys can get a lot of information from books. So as long as you have the resource, then Mm -hmm. you can always refer back to it. So don't feel like, don't overwhelm yourself feeling like you have to learn all this knowledge. Just get the book. And as long as you can read, you know, you can <laughs> right. You can learn those Reference skills. It. Yeah. So then having said that, like, if you were just starting out, um, what you're going to want to do, especially for this, um, you know, pandemic that's going on, if we get quarantined, now they just keep talking about two weeks. And some are saying that this could go clear into, you know, May June, July. So take it small first and say, okay, do I have two weeks worth of food here in my house? And you don't know really. Another thing is you, you don't know what to go out and buy. You want to be smart about it. So you don't want to just go out and buy all this junk food, right? That's not going to keep you healthy and, and going on, especially if something else happened during it. Um, so you want to have some healthy food, you know, that has good nutrition, not just all packaged with processed crap in it. Um, but you don't, it's easier to know what to go out and get after you look and see what do I already have? So that's an easy way. And if you did something like you just took a notebook, one page, you put water or drinks, next page, you put food, next page, you do like hygiene and then just go through your house and see what I have. Oh, I already have 10 rolls of toilet paper. Okay. If I was going to be in the house for two months, I probably need 10 more rolls so I could go get two packages. And so if you kind of make a plan of what you already have, Oh, we already have lots of diet Coke. Oh, we need water, you know? Um, yeah. So write down stuff that you already have and you know, okay. I have toothpaste that will last me for a month or shoot. I'm out of, you know, laundry soap or, and and then that will help you make a, a quick list of what you can go out and get. Now, the longer you wait, 
right now in this situation, the, the food's not going to be there. And some of the reasons for that is, uh, well, one of the biggest reasons is because China stopped, China stopped all their production when they had to go in quarantine. So the last ship of China came out a month ago and all of the suppliers that have the, the rest of the last of the shipment have about mm -hmm. two weeks worth of stuff left that was shipped over from China. So in two weeks, we're going to even see more shortages that we're seeing now. And we're already seeing wow. crazy short shortages, right? Mm -hmm. And then right. if, if China doesn't get back into their um, production of stuff, we could even be months. It could go into four or five, six months. So like, you know, don't get freaked out, but just you'll, you'll feel much better if you have, if you're prepared for at least a few months. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would go get stuff. So, you know, there's the good, better, and best. You could get the cheap stuff that lasts, you know, like longer. So let's say like some top ramen, some saimini, and mm -hmm. you could throw some eggs in it, or you could throw some vegetables in it. Mm -hmm. And that's going to last a lot longer and make you full than a package of pop tarts or you know something like that so yeah. mm -hmm. some people will go out and buy the whole um the meal like okay we're gonna have this meal and you just put water in it and it's and you also get like the freeze-dried expensive food storage so that's the best if you want the very best it's the freeze-dried because it holds 90 percent of the nutrition in whatever is in that meal. Right. But a lot of us don't live like that or we don't have that kind of money and probably a lot of that stuff's gone already. So you wanna think what's gonna stretch and it's stuff that's gonna be like noodles, whether it's zymini or you get like just a bunch of different noodles so that you can make casseroles with. And then eggs. So let's just think of eggs. Eggs are cheap. So it's cheaper to go get a dozen eggs than buy some Kentucky Fried Chicken or or even make mm -hmm. a chicken. But with eggs, you could do like, you could do fried eggs and you could do ham fried rice with eggs in it. And you could do boiled eggs and you could do potato salad with eggs in them and deviled eggs and an egg sandwich. And I mean, it's just, there's so many crazy things that you could do eggs to stretch it out and make things right. last longer. So that would help. Um, and then some other things is rice. And um, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like rice, but us Polynesians, uh, we, we like the rice. So, um, no, but, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, but I don't know if you know this, but this is really cool. So if you, if you take some rice and you take some beans, mix them together, it, it makes a complete protein. And it's a great survival food. And I think that's why a lot of third world countries always go to the rice and beans is because it makes a complete protein and it's cheap. So those are some things that you could get to add to your food storage that will help stretch out what you have. Um, Very true. Yeah. And then the other thing is water. Like <clears throat> I can't tell you how important water is. So if you, let's say you 
run out of water. You have 10 cases of water, five cases of water, whatever you have. And you're like, I just don't have any money. I can't go anymore. Or you go to the store and it's all gone. You should have some type of a filter. So like the Brita um, things that you, you <laughs> could put in the fridge that you could just pour your water in from the sink. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Nona has a lot uh -huh. of Brita, right? You have some fat, some fatty? No, um, they still owe me money. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but kids. No, Go but ahead. you know, I, I was actually um, talking to my friend today. He lives in Saudi Arabia, and he like his the water out there is bad to drink up from the um, from the faucet or, or tap. And so I was telling him, but I, I couldn't confirm it. I just wanted to know what you guys think, because like I said, well, if you like run out of water, you could just like boil water from the tap and then chill it. <laughs> so part of that is true. Yes. Part of it yeah. is boiling, but the other part is disinfecting. So it, if you had some Clorox, some bleach, um, you could put some drops of bleach in it, and I have some numbers here. Two drops of regular Clorox bleach per quart of water. So you can boil it when it's done. Then you put the two drops of bleach in. And then, so boiling isn't always going to kill everything. Mm -hmm. But when you add with the bleach in into it, then it's like a double whammy in your... You're killing everything. Now, there is something different that's yeah. called distilling, and that's when you are boiling it, but the steam goes at the top of the lid or whatever, and it rolls mm -hmm. off. And if you were to be able to catch that, then it's it's uh, distilled water. It's perfect. Like, there's no, no contaminants oh, wow. in it. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know that was distilled water. Right. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, Life hack. Yeah. Survival hack. I'm and like you know two what? Seconds from being a survival. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some things. So distillers are 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 expensive, but you can make a bunch of different kind of homemade ones if you just um, watch YouTube videos and they show you how you take a a copper uh, pipe, just you know one you can you can bend it and you put it around like um you know those um thermoses that you drink out of uh -huh. mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. actually it's really super easy you can make a a distiller so you just put the water in that you'd put it over your stove or wherever you're cooking and and steam steam the water now that's a lot of work but man if it came no that's a great tip. yeah but yeah you know if, it, when, if worst case desperate. scenario i think well i don't know if i'll remember but youtube right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes guys i've learned so much stuff from youtube so much oh, stuff yeah. from youtube it's amazing and eat from from dehydrating food that's another thing that you could do is um i go to costco and i buy those five pound bags of frozen vegetables so there's beans corn peas and i don't go with the big stuff like the broccoli and the cauliflower and I don't go for that big stuff, just the small stuff. And then you dehydrate it and then you can store it and it's lightweight. And all you have to do is rehydrate it. So you just put it, put it in some water and it grows back into uh -huh. the real green bean that it was before you dehydrated it. And oh, wow. it's super easy to do that. You could just 
look yeah. up on, you don't have to go buy any dehydrators. You could do it through your oven. So you just um, spread it out on a cookie sheet. Let's say corn. You take the corn, spread it out on a cookie sheet and you don't want it all piled up. You want it kind of the air to go around it. Um, and then you just turn your oven all the way down to the very lowest heat. And my oven, it should be at 120 degrees because anything over 120 actually kills the enzymes that are in the vegetables. So if you're trying to uh, retain, if you're trying to retain the nutrients in it, then keep it low. Now my oven will only go down to 170. So the key to that is I leave the door open on it and then it, it keeps the heat down. And I could dehydrate oh, vegetables yeah. while I'm sleeping. And then wake up in the morning and take them out and go to work and come back the next day. And, and that's super cheap, super easy. And then you can add that stuff to your top ramen or your eggs or your rice, right. stuff like that. That's a great, wow. Oh, I would have never thought or imagined doing that. So that, that's a great tip. Yeah, me neither. The, the other... I've never imagined eating vegetables, period. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now you could do meat too. So you can um, fry up hamburger, make sure it's all cooked. You drain off the grease and you do the same thing. Spread it out on a cookie sheet and then you put it in the you oven. You dehydrate meat? Yeah. Yeah. You could dehydrate chicken and shred it. So you just like cook your chicken in like a big pot and just boil it and then rinse it off really well. The thing is, is you don't want to have fat in it because mm. fat goes rancid. So that's why you want to drain your hamburger uh. and rinse off the grease um, to just get the grease out of it. And then same with the chicken. And then you just shred it and then you put it on a cookie sheet, put it in the oven, you dehydrate it, and then you put it in, you know, those Mylar bags. So it's like a Ziploc bag, yeah. but it's a Mylar bag and Walmart has tons of them. And you just put it in that and Ziploc it right on it, what you have. And then, you know, that's a good way to reconstitute it. I've done spaghetti. Right. So you could do, I've done actually cooked up the noodles, the spaghetti sauce and the hamburger and made it all a big spaghetti. And then I laid it out on a cookie sheet and dehydrated it and then put it in a mylar bag. And then I was like, oh, I want to see if this really tastes like spaghetti after. So I, I reconstituted yeah. Yeah. a bunch of it, gave it to all the boys on the football team, and they thought I just made it. They had no idea. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. Well, there you go. If they approve, then. They had no <laughs> idea it was dehydrated. <laughs> but that's a really good. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Still in the right. secrets. Do you have any um? Do you have any first aid? Yeah. Tips. A book. Get a book about first aid. Uh -huh. There's so much stuff with first aid. Mm -hmm. Um, and <clears throat> pardon me, it can be scary when you're running into you know stuff that happens. But is I mean, you could have somebody standing there reading you what to do while you're helping that person. Mm -hmm. Um, but some right. things like one thing for first aid that I have for this coronavirus is my lungs are really, really bad. And if I got this, I don't know what would happen to me. Um, cause I'm one of those high risk people. So I have a oximeter, a pulse oximeter, and that will take the oxygen and you just put it on your finger 
And that's one of the signs is when you're, when your fever goes up and you start losing oxygen um, and you're sick, you know, then that is a huge sign of, for this coronavirus thing. Mm -hmm. So I got me a thermometer so I could keep my temperature and I, and the thermometer is like $7. The oximeter reading thing that you put on your finger is um, it's called a pulse oximeter and it was 1099 on Amazon. And uh, then I have a blood pressure cuff so I could take my blood pressure. Like those are simple things that you could do for first aid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can have some little equipments like that. But the biggest thing is a book. I mean, now I have like crutches and bandages. And <laughs> right. Do you have any like first aid books? Um, there is one. Um, so I, I gave Sean a bunch of books that I saw on Amazon and some of them are $9.99. And, um, so there's a good type of a book. It's called SAS SAS and they put out a lot of different kinds of books and they're skinny long. So you could put them like in your backpack, but there's one that's strictly just like for first aid. There's another one for like hunting. There's another one for sheltering. To get references of things, you could go to Amazon. Another really good thing to look up and and get a book on is medicinal medicine. So what that is, is like you can grow herbs and certain vegetables that actually are medicinal, meaning they'll help you instead of taking medicine. For instance, the Uh bark of the willow tree has the exact same thing in it as aspirin it's a it's called a cox 2 inhibitor Mm -hmm. so they put in in the um the pain reducer fever reducer there's a cox inhibitor in there which goes in and it it stops the pain or the fever and that's exactly what's in white willow bark and that's exactly what's in Pocahontas uh, when John Smith was. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Grandmother Will. Hey, I'm just saying. I said Grandmother yeah. Will's bark got him all the way to England. Yeah, serious? W- won't, won't he do it? So right. if you just get you a book um, for herbs, medicinal medicine, herbs, and there's mm-hmm. one in there in the link that I gave Sean. Um, and they have all kinds of books, guys. So don't get stuck on, on which is the best book. Just... Just get some. There's another one that's for nu- get one. nuclear warfare. Have something. And that's a really good one to know. Oh, I am not okay. trying to read that Ooh. book. <laughs> I hope I never need to. So, it's, so the tip is it's not in the title. It's in the chapter. What's actually in the book. Oh, true. I'd be judging <laughs> a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, so, it tells you how right. to protect yourself. You know, like you want to put plastic up around all your windows. Um, you know, for a couple of days until all the radiation settles down. And there's like a lot oh, of things wow. that you could do. Um, you know, if you were, if you had a garden and the fallout fell on it, it, it sh- tells you what to do to wash it off. So you could still bring the vegetables in and eat them. Like there's a lot of good tips in, but seeing you don't have to know all that, just have a book so that when it happens, 
Now you would be better prepared if you read the book and you knew beforehand, yeah. but as long as you have the information at your fingertips right. and you're ahead of a lot of people mm -hmm. out there. We could find you an audio book. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> I have right? a hard time reading as is. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of audiobooks, guys. But as long as you can take it with you and still listen to it, mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. you know, or even if you had to shelter down in your house, but there's no electricity, are you still going to be able to hear the book? Now, you might if you prepared and you have like battery, solar powered charger stuff, then. Mm -hmm. But you got to think right. of that too. Like, oh, what if there's no electricity? Can I still get that info from the book? Mm -hmm. Oh, true. So how could we use our like platforms and social media to spread more awareness of, of like being prepared and kind of things going on or things that could, that could also happen? Um, that's a great question. So I would say you got to be careful because if you keep just blasting things out, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it turns off people. So this mm -hmm. happened my whole life with, friends and even my boys they're always like oh my gosh mom but now now that stuff's happening they're like oh mom <laughs> <laughs> can we be friends but here's the thing don't let that stop you because every time i i have posted something on facebook or facebook because that's all i have um Somebody said to me, hey, you know what? That really helped me. That thing that you post about making candles or, you know, and I never knew that. And thank you so much. So you never know who you're going to be helping. Um, but if you're doing it all the time, all the time, all the time, like people are going to be like, cuckoo and block you and you're gone. <laughs> you know. So, but I would definitely, a good thing is helping people see it and see how easy it is. And so I would say the very easiest thing is a YouTube video and just say, Hey, look what I learned this week. Yeah. Make it fun. You know, Hey, yeah. Oh, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could do this with a candle or, you know, and, and post it. And then people are like, Oh, what's Sean reading about? Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> but if you're like talking about doom and gloom, that turns people off. Because it's that normalcy bias that they're like, oh, that can't happen here. This is America. That can't happen here. So they already mm -hmm. shut it off. But if you make it cool, like, oh, this is the coolest thing. I just learned how to do this. You got to check this out. And then people will be interested. That is true. Right. I think there's a lot of cool things. I actually, so like this past week on my Instagram story, I shared a post and I said, stop calling, I said, stop calling a Chinese virus, as in I was referring to the Corona or COVID-19. This person, actually, I got a few messages uh, and they're all just like saying that I was being dumb or whatever, uh, which didn't bother me. But one of my friends, he said, he don't you think, speaking about me, don't you think that you're being a little, or don't you think you're being hypersensitive? Um, and I'm like, I'm not being sensitive. I'm not even Asian. But uh, I was trying to tell him, when you um, call it Chinese virus, you're associating it with 
Asian Chinese people, and there's people who don't. Yes, it did like come from China, but uh, people are being discriminated now. Asian people are being discriminated now, and they're being attacked um, because of this virus. And uh, I've seen uh, countless videos actually. Mm-hmm. So I told him um, by calling it Chinese virus, it's just associating it with Asians and. Um, I forgot what I said, but I word it really nicely. Can just pretend that I word it nicely, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. But but uh, he actually understood where I was coming from, and he actually agreed with me. And he said sorry, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was my first political. <laughs> I was yeah. really <laughs> good job, good job. <laughs> no, that that's a great point. That that's a great point, and I'm glad that you brought that right. up as well, Fatty, because it's it's becoming kind of an ignorant thing like you wouldn't want so i mean for any for any polynesian out there you wouldn't want anybody to refer gout to like what if (laughs) you wouldn't want anybody walking (laughs) around you know calling that let me find out who said that by the incorrect name (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean you just Everybody, you just have to humanize things right. sometimes and, and take that into mm-hmm. this perspective of like how would you feel I feel like people they you know they just completely take it to the next level when it when it comes to, to that kind of stuff they, mm-hmm. they always want to point go on for other people's opinions and, um, yeah but that, that that's you know right. that's another topic <laughs> I, 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 I say yeah, if there, you can ever stick up for what's right in a nice mm-hmm. way, um, then you just help, you know, Fatty, you just help somebody realize what they were doing, you know, and if it's one person, it's one person at a time could be influenced by good or bad by what we say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I should be running for president now because I can just one person. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a there's actually pretty much everyone in here mm-hmm. except me has lived in Florida. Well, and you, mom. But um, so they've all experienced like lived through a good amount of natural disasters mm-hmm. as far as like hurricanes. I also um, lived through earthquakes. But with the current pandemic. <laughs> we did we did um but with the current pandemic that's going on uh it's kind of changed some of their mm-hmm. points of view on like being prepared so was there a single event in your life that caused you to be as prepared like was there something that happened that caused you to like wake up and be like oh i need to be yeah it's kind of really weird but when i was in junior high I had a I had a dream that was like so real and what it was is like I saw myself in the future with my kids and they were little and they were just dying in front of me and because they didn't have water and they were all crying out water water mommy mommy and they're just crying and then and then they just like stopped breathing and and I woke up crying I was bawling my head off and then I was like and I didn't know who the kids were, you know, but it just, it, to me, it was in the future of my life. And it was like, there's going to be things that are going to be bad, you know, and, and then some other things 
that uh, kind of helped me go that way too was girls camp. So when I was younger, I went to girls camp and I learned how to do fires and first aid and, and stuff like that. And we'd always have these relay games with who could start the fire the fastest and, you know, stuff like that. So um, that, I think that's a big part of where I started getting interested as well. And then, um, and then I had another, another dream and it was, I, I believe that that dream and it's so real guys. I don't even know how to explain it, but. Oh, I feel good. I can hear the sounds. I can smell the smells. I can see everything as if I'm right there, but I'm assuming it was around world war three and uh, they had these robots. So they, so it looked like a, a Hummer. It was square, a tank like that, but it's like, but it was the size of like a, maybe a Coke machine, but it was on tracks like a wheel and it would, they would oh, patrol. Wow. They were white and they would patrol up and down the street. And, um, back then, well, gosh, I'm so old. Like we didn't have Hummers or anything like that. So I had no idea what it was, but, uh, last year or the year before I found it on, on, uh, Google and it's actually one of Russia's new robots. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Now, I didn't know that back That's then, crazy. but all mm. I knew is it was war. People were all in their houses. Lots of people were dead. Um, and these things were going up and down the streets. And if you came out, you'd get shot. And, like, it just scared the heck out of me. And so I just started doing things like I just want to be ready for whatever's going to be happening in the future. And so those are the kind of the two things that, and then also there's one book out there, two books, reading through those books has made me realize, you know, this is what's coming. And uh, that's the scriptures. Mm, right. My charge. Yeah. I think it's, it, it definitely helps when you experience the worst of times and um, have nothing to uh to do but but learn from it for me specifically the hurricanes of 2004 we had three hurricanes back to back to back within a span of about six or seven weeks maybe two months <laughs> and that's two months with with no electricity um we had food store we had food but to last us two months um not at all i was in i think sixth grade at the time and i think with every hurricane that comes in Florida, like my family, we've prepared more mm -hmm. and more each time where there's a lot of things that we've learned that we learned that we didn't um, know from before. There's a lot of things that we have prepared food storage and, and first aid wise that we mm -hmm. do now that we didn't before um, generators and um, kind of like, as you mentioned, especially when we have water that, is contaminated that we couldn't drink we started to do barrels of um of water um and like those are just things that you you kind of pick up a, a and how did way. you feel like if your hurricane were to roll in now like how would you feel well back home i feel like during hurricane season back home mm -hmm. we're a lot more prepared um and it's, it's a lot easier um you know obviously this past week as we mentioned before we just experienced our first earthquake. So it, when it comes to that, you don't have time to prepare. But when it comes to hurricane, you at least have 
an idea of when it's expected to hit two, three weeks prior to. So it, it, it's very different. I think living in Utah now, it's taught me to not only, there's a difference between being yeah. prepared and staying prepared. And I think in Florida, we can be prepared, but here in Utah, we mm-hmm. just need to stay that way. Right. Or me personally, I need to prepare myself to stay in Yeah, and I get a lot of people that will say, oh, it's just a waste. You're going to go out and spend all this money. Well, you don't have to spend tons of money, but, you know, and then, like, it doesn't happen or whatever, and then it's a waste. It's not a waste. Eat it. It's your insurance. Like, you're just, you know, or you'll have it for the next thing. And there's so many people I know that, like, like their spouse got in a wreck and died or they got cancer and died and, or their spouse lost their job and got laid off and they lift off their food storage, you know, for during that time. So mm-hmm. it is an insurance policy. Yeah. And it's not just for a natural mm-hmm. disaster. It's just mm-hmm. for any disaster in general that it, right. it can apply to. Yeah. I was born and raised in Texas and yeah. there's like a lot of tornadoes and we would always have food storage and, um, you know, plans where to go, and if things run out, you know, big barrels of water, like Lucas said, and then we moved here to Florida in, like, 2012, and I would I would say we weren't as prepared, but we kind of got too comfortable, because it was like, okay, well, I don't think any tornadoes would come here, but then a hurricane, you know, could come, and it was like, okay, well, we could be prepared, like, we know what to do, and then I forget what... Mm-hmm hurricane it was i think it was like two three years ago but we had to evacuate our house because we lived like like next to um the water and oh. we had like nest like <laughs> we had food storage but it wasn't like enough to last because we had to evacuate our house and so it was like a big eye opener because we had to like run around the house trying to find we know working batteries or like oil to fill the canister where to burn and now it's like with this virus coming around it's or more prepared, but I would say like sometimes it's you think you're prepared or you know it and then you get too comfortable and you just assume like okay, like nothing's gonna happen now and then now it's like, Oh, just kidding. I need to like make sure I'm good no matter what, even if um a natural disaster comes or not. Right. Yeah, and then, then you can't find it anywhere. That's the thing. When yeah. out. So what's your second? Let's talk about this. What's your backup? What what would be a backup? Because I have a couple of different ways. Yeah. Uh, I say take a shower. Okay. Boom. Napkin. <laughs> if you have a lot of paper towels. Yeah. yeah napkin. Uh, my brother in law, uh, he going. installed a bidet. Uh, um, so- um, I have a dog as well. <laughs> Oh, and then your dog dies. I'm just kidding. No, but you guys, they have um. So they have these hand um ones that are like a handheld one. So you, it's just a bottle. It has a little nozzle on it, and it kind of bends, and you know, so you could squirt your area off and pat it dry. Um, also there's, um, if you, so if, if they're sold out, like, cause they're, they're on Amazon, but a lot of people are buying them now because all the toilet paper is gone. But another thing that you could use is, um, like a ketchup squirt bottle or mustard squirt bottle. Yeah. Or oh, um, sometimes even the wow. water bottles that have that little pop-up lid that you could squirt. Yeah. And make sure like 
for anybody listening, make sure you clean mm. these bottles out if you decide to use them. I don't want no tingling <laughs> feeling. Also, wash your hands. Yeah, but that's might, a backup because the uh, I, it's crazy. It's crazy, but all the toilet paper's gone. I mean, now my it is. Yeah, yeah. you got to find all yep, get some wipes. Get some wipes. Leave not the baby wipes. Leave those for the babies. You know, but, you could you know, even get like a yeah. sheet, an old sheet, cut it up in squares, mm. and you can, um, you know, you can use that to wipe yourself, and then you would rinse it out. And then I, what I've seen a lady do is she'll just have like a, a bottle, like a canning jar. And she'll put some bleach water in it. And then you put the used ones in there, put the lid back on it. And then at the end of the day, you know, you can wash them out. It's just like back in the day, they used to use cloth diapers for babies. And I had cloth diapers when I was, you know, we've just got so used to this world of being, you know, everything is throw it away, throw it away. And, and, uh, so It, it can be like. done. You can, you know, throw up and crap on a rack and then, you know, disinfect it and, right. and, clean it and, and so, yeah, that could be a backup as a stack. Just take a sheet and cut it, cut it up and make a stack of rags and just make sure you have some bleach. And that's the other thing that's yeah. getting sold out everywhere is bleach too. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Most definitely. No, that, that's, that is a great point in itself is like things that can be uh, mm-hmm. made reusable. And that's actually, that's, mm-hmm. that's actually a good point that you brought up. <laughs> you could just wash it off. Yeah, exactly. Like it's benefiting yeah. both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so mom, do you feel, do you think that there okay, is yes a and no. thing is being too prepared? So I'm going to tell you the difference. The, the yes being too prepared is, is um, always talking about it. So that's what I've learned from my kids. And growing up in high school, at junior high and high school, I never talked about it. Never. Because you were thought to be crazy. And then as I got married, well, mm-hmm. I, um, my church called me to be the emergency preparedness person to help teach people and neighbors and, and stuff about it. So, you know, and then I was able to talk about it a little bit more because I'm teaching classes and teaching about it. But, but the last... Um, Well, I guess since Sean was a little boy, five years old or so, I started, I would talk about it more because they're my kids and they're in the home, right? Talking about it all the time with them. And um, that overwhelmed them and kind of gave them anxiety that I didn't realize was happening. So I say talking about it all the Mm -hmm. time, you've got to be careful that that's not consuming you and that's all you talk about. You know, because they're like, mom, just live life. Like, let's, why does everything have to be, you know? And and so that's where I feel right. like it could yeah. be too much. Now, no, I don't think you could ever be, I don't think you could ever have too much. Because here's why. Something happens to somebody in your family, you've got too much toilet paper, you can help them. Or your neighbors. Like, that's the thing is when stuff happens, mm-hmm. we're supposed to help others and share and some people have right. a hard time with that, but it, the karma will come back and bite you 
if, if you're greedy and you don't, you don't help others. So I don't think you could ever be too prepared mm -hmm. because there's mm -hmm. always going to be someone that you love that really needs some help yeah. and you can help them. You know, that's a great point right. because Good when point. it, like when there's a hurricane in Florida, people would buy like a bunch of like food and water cases of water. And let's say the hurricane doesn't hit how we thought. And they, you know, were, I would, I would say too prepared. So they would take that stuff back to Publix, but because it's food, Publix can't reset, re put it back on the shelf. So they have to throw it out. So I think that's really greedy. Yeah. Instead of like giving it to people who may have, yeah, or like a food bank or the homeless, like there's so many things yeah, you like, could do yeah. if you're like, I don't want to have this food storage sitting around my house. Okay, there's so many people that you can help. Yeah, because mm -hmm. they didn't prepare or they didn't have the opportunity mm -hmm. to prepare. There's a big difference between being prepared and being greedy, and I feel yes. like sometimes people view that the same, especially when like it comes to the overbuying. But um, as you mentioned being too prepared that doesn't necessarily mean um that it's for your just for yourself um yeah, yeah. It, it just depends on what you do with it but i feel like people in this world they don't really think like you know we talk like oh yeah it's good to like give it away to people and like who need it but i feel like majority of the people who i've encountered um they don't have that mindset where they want to help other people and it's more like a oh we just want to do it for ourselves oh we don't like which i mean i i guess i can't be mad at it because you know it's them doing them but i i don't know how i would act if i like i i know that i wouldn't act like mm -hmm. that so and there's gonna be mm -hmm. i mean if you really look at it out in the world there's those mm -hmm. who are just really into themselves and then there's there's the few that mm -hmm. will think of of others and and want to help and i think yeah. that's like a special i mean it's it, it says a lot about your character if you're willing to have compassion for somebody else that you would give them something that maybe you might go without to try to help them that that's a huge character um, asset, you know, and, and not everybody has that. So it talks a lot about the kind of character you are. Right. So um, this will probably be our last question of the night, but um, the so religious people that have really followed specifically like the LDS church that has always told people to be prepared, they Anybody that has followed that, um, they've probably been on their toes for a while now. Do you think that all of this is a part of the... Absolutely, 100%. And oh, Jesus the reason why is, you know, we could go to the scripture and we can read what's supposed to be happening. And it's been happening all along. But keep your guys, keep your eyes out and watch what's happening worldwide, not just here in the United States. And another thing... The United States doesn't always report what's actually going on. I find out a lot of stuff that's happening in the United States from watching world news. And we have President Putin and some other presidents that are saying, why isn't Obama telling the American people about this? Why are they keeping this? And then people are like, how do you know about that, Debbie? 
because they're reporting on the world news, but they're not reporting it in the United States. If you keep your eye out of what's going on throughout the world, what you're going to see is things are getting closer together and they're amplifying. And all of that is in the scriptures in Matthew yeah. 24 and also in Revelations. It lays out what's supposed to happen from beginning to the end. And everything is playing right in a row of what's coming and so, and I'm not saying like the end of the world as in the world is gone, but as we know it, the world uh -huh. is gone as we know it mm -hmm. and it's going to come down and it has been from the beginning with good against evil. And as you guys start seeing, and there's a lot of people out there don't believe it. It's okay. You know, we still love you. It's okay if you don't believe, but just watch the more things that keep happening, then you might want to go. Hmm, maybe we should think about that. Like, cause it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And mm -hmm. before he comes, mm -hmm. they, they talk about, it's like a woman being pregnant. And as she gets closer to her labor, the pains are stronger, harder, faster. And then the baby comes and that's exactly what's happening. And we still have years, but you're going to watch and see that it's getting closer and more things are going to happen. And, 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 and then it says like, we're not even going to be able to get over one thing when the next thing happens and we're not going to be able to get over that. And, and the next thing will happen. And then we're going to know, woo, that those birth pains are getting really close together. No, I don't have any questions, but I just want to say I learned so much mm -hmm. just from listening to you talk, Debbie. Like, wow. Guest, yeah. Like, here every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, really this was really eye great. Opener. This was a great eye opener. I should, mm -hmm. it's a unique uh, topic and conversation yeah. for, for us to discuss and, and kind of bring even more awareness to right. that's honestly what we're really trying to do with this specific episode and, and with this podcast mm -hmm. just in general is bring more awareness. Especially culture-wise, though. Um, like, because I, growing up, I don't think yeah, we ever, exactly. like, oh my gosh, we need to prepare. It was all like, okay, we'll be fine. Like, just get a couple boxes yeah. of Taimini and hot dogs yeah. and call it a day. But yeah. really, like, there's more to that. So. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. We're still in that mentality, like, oh, I'll be fine. Times are changing. But I mm -hmm. know this is serious. <laughs> like, in yeah. my head, I know it's serious. But also, in my head, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll be fine but that's a bad okay mentality. so just think just think like just lay in bed and be like what if i wake up tomorrow and we can't leave our house for two months you know or a month yeah yeah like just i always play these what ifs what if mm -hmm. what if and then i work out okay so i would do this and if that didn't work i would try and do this and if that doesn't work i'll try and do this so i always have these plans in my head just from running these what if scenarios. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of crazy that way. I would always like when I was little, I'd be like, go to the gas station. I'd be like, okay, what if a robber came in right now? Like, where's the exit? Where would I go? Who, what could I throw at him? You know, I, I right. used to think stuff like that all the time. Oh, you know, what if a hurricane <laughs> came tonight and it took off the roof? What would I do? Where's my tarps? Where's my, you know, oh, if it's too bad, what if I'm caught? What would I do? Oh, I need to have a whistle by my bed, you know. So, <laughs> if yeah. you think of someone, no, like you know what, I totally that will help you. I understand that completely because I, I kind of have bad anxiety, so like I'm always thinking of like, uh, like what's the worst thing? Like if I'm stepping out the shower, 
oh my gosh, if I don't step on like this shirt, am I going to slip? Or if I don't like, if I don't like close my eyes long enough, is soap going to get in? Or, you know, it's just like, I, I see what you mean about. Soap. Yeah. So like, this is serious. We are going to go into a lockdown and I don't know where you guys live. If you'll be able, even if you're able to go to the store, I don't know if anything's going to be on the show. Because remember, the shipping stopped Very true. a month ago. We only have two weeks worth of left of the stuff that came from China. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run out of stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. So get some rice, some saimini, uh, some cheap stuff, cheese, eggs. Okay. Well, some beans. Get grab some Oreos. Oh, that's another thing. My last tip. Right? You gotta have comfort food, and even the psychologist will say that one of the best things will help kids and other people when you start freaking out is to have something comforting. You know, whether it's a chocolate cake or some Oreos or candy, a lollipop, it just it will bring you back to those times when you had that comfort. So that is an important thing not to forget about is some comfort food, <laughs> some comfort triple chocolate Oreo cake. Oh, dead. That's a good point. Um, gotta always stay stocked up with them. And they have so much crap in them, they're gonna last forever. They are. Well, thanks, Debbie. Thanks, Mom, for joining mm-hmm. us. Oh, today. you're welcome. And Anytime. Thank you knowledge, so much. Dropping some bars of knowledge. And um, it'd be really cool if you got into like maybe a YouTube channel as well. Uh, mm-hmm. if you yeah. To mm-hmm. like do some do it yourself stuff, put it up there. But everyone out there that's listening, just stay safe. Please, please self-isolate through this time. It will just help, you know, everything get contained and identified faster if people just stop spreading it. Don't be selfish. Don't think, like, just because you're fine uh, or think that just because you are a young person that has a strong immune system, you'll be okay. Like, think of all the other people that you would give it to. And you're not helping the government uh, slow it down. So anyways, on that serious note, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Prepared. To what? Prepared me. See you next time for real. See you next time.